No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert, Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it. As always, hope our listeners are doing well today too. Glad to be with everybody today as we move forward in our radio show here. You know, Brian, we get through most everything. In the last six and a half years, we've had our ups and downs, and we're going to be here to take people through this financial downturn, through the pandemic, and through what could be a double dip recession and all that, and we'll get you through here on the other side. It occurred to me that, you know, in the last 29, 30 years or so that you've been doing this, I wondered if you've ever seen any sort of economic downturn that happened as quickly as this one did? Well, I would say 2008 would be the closest thing to it because it hit in September and the market just tanked and and the banks were almost going to fail. It was interesting. I I went to a conference and the speaker was George Bush W. And he was saying, you know, that was a tough time, obviously. And he got advice on what to do and from his economists, but everybody else is telling him to do something else. Uh, His economists said, you got to bail out the banks or we could be in a depression. And he he was like, well, gee, that's not very popular right now. You know, they kind of caused the problem and now I'm supposed to bail them out. And then he said, you know, everybody's saying, don't do that. Don't do that. It's political suicide. You can't bail out the banks. It caused a problem in the first place. So he had a tough decision to make. He decided to bail out the banks. And so he commented later as looking back on it, was that the right move or was it not? He says, I can't really tell you for sure, but I can tell you one thing. We bailed out the banks and we did not go into a depression. 
So it was it was just an interesting commentary on what what happened and and to be sitting there live listening to him recount the story. But that was a very quick one. That took six months start to finish uh, the drop. It was September two thousand eight, and the low of the market, which would have been a great time to buy, by the way, uh, was March of two thousand nine, and that started the eleven year run upwards uh, until uh, COVID happened. So with the current situation, though, I mean, I read the other day that it looks like we're having. Having a W recovery here. It's down, it's up, it goes down, and it goes up again. Do you think that this W recovery is going to be a big W? It's going to take a long time, or do you think that maybe we're going to bounce back quickly? Of course, no one really knows, but what's your best guess on this? Yeah, it looks more like an EKG machine to me. I mean, it's kind of like <laughs> up, down, up, down, up, down. Up, down, up, down, and then kind of a, a flat, and then up, down, up, down, kind of a flat, you know. Yeah, so right, right. I'm not sure, you know, exactly what, what letters to call it. I think we're going to throw the whole alphabet in there uh, at some point here. It's It's been so unusual and, and difficult to wrap our heads around it sometimes when we think, okay, there's nothing but bad news. Everything's shutting down. Businesses are failing. We got all these small businesses. People are out of work. Oh, but the market's rallying again, hitting an all-time high. It's like, what in the world is going on here? So it's, it is very curious. And, uh, you know, in the past, if you saw something drop a lot, you knew it was just an emotional reaction. Okay, buy it on the down. You know, let's say banks in 2008. Well, it would have been great to pick up City Bank or Bank of America at five cents on the dollar, what they once traded at, because they, you know, they had a big recovery or real estate, you know, stocks would have been great to buy at that time because they dropped a lot at that time. And buying real estate in general would have been great at that time. You bought real estate in the Puget Sound in 2009. Holy cats, you're up so much. You know, you're just walking the bank with a wheelbarrow there. And so it's usually easy to buy on the down. But this one's a little different because a lot of the ones that are down are going to stay down. And so that's where I've been kind of preaching uh, throughout this one why it's different than other historical drops like 2008 or even 2000 through you know 9-11 the recession the dot-com bust had you bought tech at the bottom you would have been great but a lot of the ones that went down stayed down they stayed down for a reason and tech did well but it wasn't the companies that were significant in market cap at the time i mean you know there wasn't a lot of google facebook netflix you know you think of the companies that survived and and thrived they were not the ones in the tech indexes in 1999 in 1999 there were companies that don't even exist anymore kind of dominated i mean i think aol you know they were the big one or or the company, I forget the name even anymore, they dropped the cable from North America to Europe and then they right. promptly went out of business and bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of companies that, that were huge then. So it, it changes, but but this one you just can't buy on the low, I guess is my point. Stuff that's up is up for a reason and may continue to go up. Stuff that's down might be down for a reason this time and stay down. Brian, I saw an interesting article, uh, I think it was yesterday, something like that, in which some nonagenarians, those are people who are 90 years of age, give advice as to what to expect here during the coming recession. They're saying that the uh, Great Recession, the mother of all recessions, is ahead of us here. I don't know if that's true or not, but these guys gave some advice as to what to do. You know, they were just practical things. The one fellow was 99, his wife was 91, so, you know, they talked about how they got through the Depression. No doubt that we're in a recession right now. Now, do you think that we have seen the worst of this, or should we brace and prepare for something even worse? 
Well, uh, certain of us should. <laughs> certain are fine. And that's uh, another message I've had over the last six months or so is is it's going to be the haves and have-nots. It's going to be the successful businesses and the ones that go out. It's going to be certain businesses and certain industries that are going to adapt and change their business, change everything about their business and thrive. And others that are slow to do that will not. Just think about, we've got lots of stories about businesses that chose not to adapt. Previously, think of Sears. They've never adapted. They never changed what they did. And you come here, you buy your craftsman tools, and, and we'll call it good. We'll, we'll sell you all your stuff. But they never, never adapted. And you see other companies like, well, okay, well, Walmart came in, and Costco, and Amazon, and took them over. And they just kind of sat there and watched it happen. Nope, we're not adapting. Well, they're all bankrupt now. You know, JCPenney's is shutting most of their stores now, and, and these, these companies that never adapted are, are really struggling. And so it's going to be the same thing going forward. You adapt and change to the new world that we have, and it, it absolutely is a new world, or you don't. And so I, uh, my old bad joke about, you know, what's the definition of a recession is when your neighbor loses their job, and what's the definition of a depression? Well, it's when you lose yours. So it really depends on whether it affects you directly or it affects someone else, but you're okay because you're, you were adapting. Yeah, that's the new status symbol of the 20s, I think, is a job. I mean, look at Brian over there showing off that job he is. I saw a question on Facebook I wanted to ask you. It was sort of interesting and humorous to some extent, but it also really dealt with finances, and that is, you know, there's a red pill here and a blue pill. You can take either one of these pills. Now, with the red pill, you go back to 10 years of age, but you have all of the knowledge that you have accumulated your entire life, but you're 10. You go back, you know, and you're 10 years old once again, whatever year that was. If you take the blue pill, we give you $50 million at 45 years of age. Given those two circumstances, Brian, which would you do? Would you take the red pill and all the knowledge about what's going to happen at age 10, or would you take the $50 million at 45? Well, that's, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to go through my teens again and you know, some of those <laughs> other times, but I'll tell you what, I, being the entrepreneur I am, if I just had a page or two out of what was going to happen, let alone what I know today, I'd be one of the richest people on the planet, I suppose, because I know what to do with that information. So obviously, I'd go back to age 10. I 50 million, I'd make that in about three months. Oh, if yeah. I knew, if I knew what was going to happen, that's the thing. I mean, we'd be the richest people, you know, anybody. They say, well, gee, if you, can you just pick everything that's going to be good? And I said, well, if I did, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I'd, I'd own, you know, half the country because, you know, even uh, with the, you do that thing where you take a penny and, uh, and you double it every day for a month and you become, I don't know, a gazillionaire. Right. Uh, if you're always right, but that's like flipping a coin 30 times in a row and calling it right every single time and never missing because when you miss, you lose everything. So the world isn't that way. And, and that's why we, we do the best we can and we try and put ourselves into what makes sense, what's logical. We do do some diversification along the way because we never know exactly what's going to happen. But yeah, that's an interesting one you bring up. I clearly would be the richest man in the world if you gave me my knowledge today in a 10-year-old body. There was no question I would be the richest person <laughs> in the world someday. That's 
right. You would know that Microsoft was that Amazon was going to be big. As you, as I said, Microsoft, Apple, there are any number of, of companies that you could buy, invest your money in at age 10. But then I wonder, you know, how much money would you have at age 10? So it is an interesting philosophical question. And the point of that is that, you know, nobody really has a crystal ball. We can't predict the future. All we can do is take the information that we have today and try to figure out how it's going to affect the future and do the best we can with that. And I think one of the things that is so important, Brian, you know, the important thing is to just have some sort of a plan. How do you know where to go if you don't have a plan to get you there? Right. Well, I, I suppose if you're listening to the show, you know where you can get a financial plan if you've got 500,000 investable assets. But, you know, your financial advisors should be able to communicate with you and understand your needs. That's why we have a series of papers that we ask people to fill out that tells us different things about you and what you have, what your goals are, what you're concerned about and so forth. There has to be an education process. You don't want to go to a financial advisor and just say, do this, that, and the other. Can you explain it? Nope. I'm just right. That's what corporate says to do, and that's what you're going to do. And and they don't really educate. And they have to respect your assets because they have to know that uh, whatever that they have, it's not up to the advisors to say sell everything and, and give it all to me. There, there should be stuff that you probably don't need to give to that advisor. And then uh, your advisor needs to be able to solve your problems and actually come up with real solutions instead of, well, I think 60% of the market, 40% in bonds ought to do you good. Sell everything you got and give it all to me. I don't think that's solving anybody's problems and then uh, being able to communicate so that you understand what you're in and it's not just some mystery basket of something that this magic advisor got from corporate i think uh, communication is key in this too so if you'd like your no cost no obligation plan with the advisors here at madrona financial services also bauer evans cpas you know they do work hand in hand you can get yours by calling 844 madrona 844 m-a-d-r-o-n-a you can also request it online at madronafinancial.com you're listening to growing your wealth with brian evans we're going to take a quick break be right back with an interesting topic and that is what if there were just a sales tax that eliminated income tax. Well, we'll discuss that and more when our show continues after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. Has your financial advisor called you lately? If you're retired or about to, you need to know how your money is being managed now more than ever. Madrona Financial Services is dedicated to retirement planning and is now offering virtual or phone reviews to help answer the most critical questions about your money. Call them now at 844-MADRONA to schedule your meeting. The meetings are convenient, safe, and designed to provide maximum retirement income. If you haven't heard from your advisor lately and are unsure about your real exposure to risk or exactly how your savings are invested, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA right now for your virtual or phone meeting. Every minute your advisor doesn't call you could cost you. Get the facts about your money and call the retirement team at Madrona Financial Services now at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. Again, that's 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. Many people are experiencing unexpected job loss and find themselves in uncharted waters. From some of the largest employers in our area laying off employees to the smallest having to close their doors. This is impacting many of us and our neighbors. Losing a job is hard enough, but with the added stress of what to do with your 401k or other employer-sponsored plans, it can feel overwhelming. At Madrona Financial Services, we are here to help bring clarity, direction, and strategy to your financial world. 
Our staff of wealth managers and CPAs can answer your questions and provide the type of guidance these times require. You can start by scheduling a complimentary phone call or virtual meeting so we can discuss your personal situation and how we may be able to help. There are important financial considerations when it comes to certain employer-sponsored plans. We'll help explain your options so you can avoid any unnecessary penalties or taxes. Schedule your complimentary meeting today at 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. madronafinancial.com That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about an interesting idea about replacing the income tax system in the U.S., That's right, Brian. Stephen Moore is a member of President Trump's Economic Recovery Task Force and an economist at FreedomWorks, and he has a pretty bold idea for how to reinvigorate the economy. He says to abolish the federal income tax and replace it with a national sales tax. Now, on the face of it, it may seem like a radical notion, especially since essentially all Americans nowadays have grown up having a chunk of their income pulled out by the IRS every year. But Moore notes that the income tax is a relatively new invention in the U.S., having only been introduced in the early 20th century. And Brian, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the uh, income tax, didn't that come into play during the Civil War, I think, to fund that? No, it was actually 1913. Uh, really? It all the way, yeah, it was just a little over 100 years ago, the income tax came in. And I believe the top marginal rate was 8%. But it didn't take long because then we hit World War One four years later, and the top rate went up to about 75. Wow. So it didn't take long for politicians to go, huh, this is pretty cool. We can just take all the money people make and pay for stuff. <laughs> and so that's what they did. So it wasn't until, yeah, it was all tariffs and, and other fees that supported the government uh, all the way through 1913 entirely. And it wasn't until then that that changed. Well, it just goes to show that just because it's on the internet or in some research, it isn't correct because I had read that the uh, income tax came about in 1861 to fund the Civil War sales tax in 1921. But I know that you've got the right answer. That's not exactly correct. But, well, there you know, may have been, you know, I don't I don't know. You, you're probably right. There probably was a temporary somewhat of an income tax, but the Internal Revenue Service and Form 1040 and all of that, that started in 1913. They may have had something like that to fund the war, no, no question, but it wasn't a formal uh, right. uh, IRS type of taxation. All right. Well, Stephen Moore says, as you said, he wants to replace a federal income tax with a national sales tax. And he was asked the question, what would the advantage of that be? So what do you think? Yeah, some of the, you know, there there are differing opinions. Most people think, oh, that's just a tax cut for the rich. And in essence, it, it definitely would be. But there are some interesting things that he brought up in this. The first one is, oh, what a terrible radical idea. You know, we need income tax. We have to tax, oh, tax people and make money the most. And, and that's how we're going to get our money going forward. Well, as I've always mentioned, it doesn't help your economy to take the most money away from the people that create the most jobs. And so giving more money to the people that create jobs makes more sense than taking it away. There's a biblical story about that, you know, giving the person that's going to grow the money more talents than the one that isn't. And the one that doesn't, you know, kind of loses everything. And so, it, it, you know, it goes back to, uh, do you want your economy to grow? So it's very short-sighted to say, oh, you have money, let me take it from you, and then we'll be better off. Well, yeah, this year you will be. Ten years from now, you won't be. 
Because you took the money away from the person that was going to create a whole bunch of jobs to that money. And that, that would have had a multiplier effect. So you, you circumvented that. So they'll come back and say, well, it, it just can't work to do a sales tax. And oh, interesting. Let's look at some of the people that have tried this. Hmm, state of Washington. We don't have an income tax. We have a sales tax. State of Texas. State of Florida. So who are the, what are some of the biggest job growing states in the nation? Oh, that would be Washington, Texas, and Florida. Somehow, some way, these states have managed to grow their economies without an income tax, but taxing consumption instead. Now, the big pushback, which I agree in the state of Washington, that taxing sales tax is a re regressive tax, meaning people that earn less money pay a higher percentage of their earnings than people with a lot of money. And the reason for that is if you make 30,000 a year, you spend 30,000 a year to live. If you make 300,000 a year, you don't spend 300 to live. You put some in your 401k, you invest it, you save it, whatever. And so there is a discrepancy there. But part of this proposal was, how about you have a card that exempts you from the first 20, 30,000 of what you spend. So if you make, let's say it was $30,000 exemption, and in fact, the state of Washington ought to think about this, but federally, if it's a $30,000 exemption and you make 30 and you spend 30 and every time you spend it, you, you flash this card and it's keeping track and you never pay any sales tax ever because you never went over that amount. So that removes the regressive nature to a high degree. And then, you know, anything above that would be taxed with a national sales tax. So we wouldn't have an internal revenue service. How do you think that would go? Boy, wouldn't that be something? Now, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> be talking about this because I own a CPA firm. That's right. Uh, in his proposal, he talked about doing away with all taxes, estate tax, corporate tax too. I wouldn't be a fan of the corporate tax going away because I think that corporations are plenty incentivized to earn money. And so I don't see that as a problem that needs to be fixed necessarily. But what he's proposing is that instead of taxing people on what they put into the economy, how hard they work, the more industrious you are, the more risks that you take, the harder you work, the longer you work, the more you're penalized right now. He says, instead of doing that, what if we taxed on what you take out of the economy, what you consume, then you pay the tax. And so he said that would be essentially rocket fuel for the economy, because then we're rewarding you for your thrift and productivity and entrepreneurship and risk taking rather than penalizing you for that. And on the reverse, as you spend money, and trust me, if you make 100 grand a year, you probably spend about 100. If you make 200, you spend close to 200. You know, people kind of spend what they make. And if there's a sales tax associated with it, they'll just kind of factor that into their expectations. But I think what would happen is, as I mentioned before, that right now, yeah, taxing people at a high rate, and maybe Joe Biden wants a bracket, and AOC wants the 99% bracket, or whatever it is, helps in the, in the near term. I get that. But it destroys your economy economy long term. We can we have plenty of examples of that around the world, uh, socialism. And so an interesting idea to reward entrepreneurship and working hard and thrift and, and, and all of that and tax this way. Now, he proposed a 17% rate. That wouldn't do it, I'm pretty sure. So it might be at least 20%. And, and I was asked once, what would happen to the state sales tax? Well, it would be on top of that. So yeah. literally, you might buy a car for you know $30,000 and say, okay, you got a 30% state and federal sales tax on that. And so your $30,000 car is 39000 Okay, well, 
if I'm not paying income tax, I probably have the money to do that now. I didn't have before because, you know, I'm, I'm not having all that withholding at work. So, again, I think it would be a, a huge jump start potentially if you, if you worked out the kinks and you had the exemption cards. And there, there'll be some other kinks involved in there I won't get into here. But I thought it was a really interesting idea. And, and some of the other states, as I mentioned, in Florida, Texas, Washington, and New Hampshire, Tennessee, Nevada, South Dakota, there are states that don't have sales tax and are prospering just fine. Yeah, it is an interesting concept. Now, Europe has something called the value-added tax. Uh, Is this anything like that? Well, the VAT, uh, yeah, Canada has it too. Uh, General sales tax, uh, national sales tax. The problem there is they also have the high personal income tax. So you got your high personal income tax, your national sales tax, your local sales tax. So that's where the problem occurs. When you keep all of them, that just makes your brackets even higher and that thwarts the economy. And, you know, Canada could be thriving like no other country in the world due to their natural resources. And frankly, their limited population relative to their natural resources, they ought to be thriving like crazy. But their tax taxation system and their negativity to capitalism and so forth to a large degree has has really uh, tampered them down. Uh, I know people in Canada that have dealt with this their whole life, that, you know, but so so you couldn't have all of the tax at the same time. You'd have to eliminate one of them. So that's why I said eliminate the personal income tax, maybe not the corporate tax, but don't keep them both because as soon as, oh, we're going to have a general sales tax of just 3%, a national sales tax, but keep the income tax. Well, before you know, your income tax top rates are 70%, your, your national sales tax is 20% on top of that. And pretty much the government says, we just need your money. If you have money, we need it. And that's that's where they're trying to go, a lot of these uh, politicians of today. Brian, what do you think the chances are that something like this would have a bipartisan support in Washington? Uh, about zero. <laughs> I do. That's Unfortunately. What I <laughs> but, you know, a few years ago, I thought there was zero chance of Medicare for all with the Green New Deal, with forgiveness of all college debt, with elimination of capital gains treatment, with elimination of step up and be, all the things are being proposed. I thought there was a zero chance on that because, you know, we don't want to be, and, and socialism. I'm like, the United States never be a socialist nation, but, well, now I'm going, huh. And now it's almost a matter of when, not if, at, right. at some point. And so, wow, my how things change is somebody comes out and throws some ideas out there and people run with it. So maybe I'm throwing an idea out there and people can run with this and I'll be the first one to, <laughs> to talk about it on the radio, perhaps, and uh, say there may be a better way long term for our country to thrive if we, again, reward people that work. I know it's a crazy concept, just absolutely bonkers. I don't know how it can make any sense that you would reward people that work hard and create jobs. And then uh, tax people that take stuff out of the economy and buy cars and buy, you know, expensive jewelry, they get taxed the most. Okay, I'm all for that. I know it's incredibly, uh, uh, like I say, it's a radical idea that I think makes a lot of common sense to me. I don't think currently our political system would even consider it again. It's a conversation somewhere, but I, I like the fact that it's already been tried. It's been working in Washington State. So if you're a liberal listening to me right now or left of left, and you're going, oh, that can't work. I'm like, you're sitting in a state where it works. Right. Go to Texas. Watch the growth there. Go to Florida. These these are the two of the fastest growing states in the country, fastest growing states ever. They don't have an income tax. So I could put two and two together and say, well, I've got an example of this working. I got a way better example 
example of this work and then you have of socialism working, I will have that debate any time with anybody that <laughs> wants to debate which makes more sense, no income tax but a high sales tax or socialism. Well, you know, nothing's out of the question. Uh, Joe Biden is proposing that we eliminate the step up in basis, uh, obviously changes to the capital gains tax, and we never thought we would see that coming. But times, they are a change, and I guess we just have to try to deal with it as best we can. I think the best way that you can deal with almost anything is to have a defensive strategy, and that involves a plan. Once again, for your no-cost, no-obligation plan with Madrona Financial Services to get you on the right track again, call 844-MADRONA. Make this the day that you do that. 844-MADRONA. You can also request it online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more right after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. In today's fast-paced world, we're used to having information at our fingertips. And when you're trying to research something, more information is always better, especially when it comes to retirement planning. That's why Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, has made his 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement available for free. You can get your free copy by visiting madronafinancial.com. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement covers the basics of retirement planning. Brian shares his thoughts on investing, taxes, estate planning, lifestyle, and more. As a CPA and investment advisor, Brian has the knowledge to help make your retirement planning process manageable. Brian has also been a featured speaker on CNBC and Fox Business. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement will give you a thorough analysis from an expert. Madrona Financial offers beneficial information to properly prepare for retirement. Get your free copy of the 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement by visiting madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. At Madrona Financial Services, we help people finance their retirement so they can spend their time living life instead of worrying about it. The fact of the matter is, your portfolio will likely need to last about 30 years or more, and the sooner you do something about it, the better off you can be. So if you're not 100% sure that your plan is rock solid, call us today at 844-MADRONA for a review. It's super easy. We'll ask you a bunch of questions to find out what's most important in your life and what makes you happy. Next, we'll review your current plan, and then our team will strategize on ways to make your portfolio, your tax strategy, your use of Social Security, and an estate plan better suited for you. At Madrona Financial Services, we want your retirement to be about living life, and we'll sweat the small stuff for you. Call us today for your free review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us at madronafinancial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about the estate and gift tax. And Brian, earlier we talked about when, you know, sales tax began, when the income tax began. So let's talk about estate and gift taxes. What's the history of these two taxes? Well, yeah, what's interesting, I'm looking at a chart here on the top marginal rate for the estate tax, what you pay when you pass away. And it is almost identical to the income tax. So meaning that in 1910, both of them were at zero. Both of them started out at under 10%. 
Both of them went up during World War I. So the income tax rate went up to 75% marginal rate. The estate, more like 25%. And then both of them dropped during the Roaring Twenties. But when the Great Depression hit, they both went up. So the income tax went up to 90% bracket. The estate tax made its first move to about 40. And then right after that, it went to 75. And then it went up to nearly 80% by the time 1940 rolled around. Now, during the next 20 years, uh, the income tax rate was in a, around 90 for the top bracket. The estate tax rate was over 75, 75 to 80% for the next, oh, let's see, uh, 40 years, 30 to 40 years, it was close to that. And then it started dropping, and it dropped down to about 55%. So if you passed away, you could be losing 55% of your state to the federal government that doesn't go to your charities or kids. But then uh, uh, it kept dropping, and, and uh, one year we didn't have any. People died, and they paid no tax, and they were billionaires. So that was a weird year. And then uh, now the estate tax top rate is 40%. The federal income tax rate is close to that, too. So they're, they're kind of mirroring each other to some degree. And so I'm, I'm hearing, you know, certainly politicians on the left calling for 50, 70, 90% tax rates, wealth taxes, which is an estate tax while you're living, which is terrible. And I, I would suspect that if the top income tax rate, for instance, went to 70, we're going to see the top estate tax rate do the same. As you said, Brian, uh, prospective presidential candidate Joe Biden has said that he's going to be making some changes as far as taxes goes, and that is eliminating the step up in basis and, you know, the estate tax. Taxes are going to change. We all know that, and more than likely, they're going to go up. So being that you can't say, well, I think I'll die now while we're in a low-tax environment, you just can't (laughs) really do that. Taxes are on sale right now. So is there any way that we can sort of counter what may be coming down the pike in the future as far as these taxes go? There is. You know, we can use life insurance still. I don't see that on anybody's table to cut out the tax-free nature of life insurance as an investment. And that can be a multi-generational tool for that. And I want to talk about a couple of things around that, too. First off, uh, just an update on, on how much you can die with without paying any estate tax. Currently, that number is 11580000 federally, but it's only a little over $2 million for the state of Washington. So I'll leave that on the side right now, put a pin in that. If you have a properly drawn up will or living trust by an attorney, you could double that amount to $23 million. So, hey, everybody's just fine, probably, most people. However, I remember when those exemptions were 600000 so isn't it probably possible, if not extremely likely, that that figure that has been all over the place, even in the last 20 years, it's gone all over from under a million, then it was two million, it was three, three and a half, five million, and dropped down and went up again. It's been all over the map. And I could absolutely see in the future where that exemption amount's gonna drop. Maybe it's gonna drop to zero. I don't know, maybe back to 600,000 again, maybe a million again. I don't know, but I, I don't think that the likelihood of it being 11,580,000 per person, if we have all the branches are, are on the left of that surviving that. So yes, there are things 
things you can do, but I think we also need to look at history, which is what I like to do on this show, look at the history of the rates, saying what might we expect if certain things happen in the future and plan for them accordingly. So you certainly do employ some tax-efficient strategies here at Madrona Financial Services, and especially because you have Bauer Evans CPAs here, so you're really highly aware of taxes and their effect on someone's estate plan. So what are some of the the best tax-efficient strategies or some advice that you can give to people moving forward? Yeah, here's an interesting one that isn't talked about. You may have never heard this one. If you have a federally taxable estate, you think you, you, you can't gift more than 15000 a year per person to anybody without paying a tax. Well, that may be, but here's how that works. So if you gift, let's say your exemption's $11,580,000 and you gift somebody $1,015,000, then a million of that is taxable, we know. But the taxation of that is zero because all you've done is reduced your during lifetime or at death exemption from 11580 to 10580 You're just starting to use some of your exemption early. So that's okay to do. You have to file a tax return, let the government know, Form 709. And that just lets them know I'm starting to chip away at the amount that I can give away during my lifetime that's taxable or at death. But my tax rate is zero for the first 11580 Now, some people, well, the, the strategy I'm going to share is what if you thought that in the future they are not going to leave that at 11580 and you decided to give let's say 11595 and use up the whole thing all at once right now you're a really rich guy you're Bill Gates whatever you decided to use that up now if they change that in the future you are highly likely to be grandfathered in they're not going to be able to go back and change the rules in the past and say no we want that tax now no, that's not, not how it's going to go. You'll be grandfathered in. And so you've got to take advantage of it now, even though they may do away with it in the future by filing your Form 709 and letting them know you're taking advantage of that. So I had somebody that had lent money to his child to get buy a house. And he's you know in this situation, he says, I'm going to forgive this loan. Now, fill out that tax return at 0%. You start using that exemption now because I don't really have to, you know, I'm more concerned about them dropping that exemption in the future. Now, it's interesting, back to the state of Washington, state of Washington does not keep track of the 15,000 amounts over 15,000. So I have another client that was at about 3 million. She's in her 90s. She said, you know what, I'm going to gift down to about about 2.2 million right now and so I don't have to pay the you know kids don't have to pay the state estate tax because I'll have gifted it away and they don't they don't have an exemption of $15,000 minimum per year limitation so we combine for different clients I've been able to not only take advantage of the federal exemption now even if they take it away later but take advantage of the different rules related to the state exemption Right. It's great that you can talk about all this stuff, all the different tax forms, and you have this knowledge. And that's, of course, because you do have Bauer Evans CPAs. And really an important part of a financial plan is going to be the tax side of this. Are these questions, these legacy questions, are these really something that is common to most or if not all financial plans that you do? Oh, yeah. Everything we look at, we're looking at everything. So I I can't go into looking at a financial plan and say, okay, this time I'm going to forget what I know about legacy planning and just think about stocks and annuities or, you know, it's like uh, I got the full toolbox and my my staff does too. And I, you know, I'm listening to me nerd out here on estate tax. I'm pretty excited about this topic and these ideas. I don't know if my listeners are. I hope hopefully they're still tuned in. But, uh, you know, I get excited about this. But I also, it occurs to me, and it's occurred to me, you know, for many years now, 
most people, unfortunately, can never have this conversation with their financial advisor. Not that their advisor isn't a great person and really smart. It's just that they aren't owners of CPA firms. They don't have the exposure to probably all of this. And, and another thing that's, that's really helped me, by the way, Jeff, is you and co-hosting on this show because <laughs> I have to stay very current to come up with six and a half years of new material that's interesting <laughs> radio that's informative and intelligent and it's forced me to stay in the game daily weekly through year after year whereas i might have just kind of gone you know i got a pretty good book of business i think i'll just kind of coast here and yeah. and i don't really like learning new stuff but i don't have that ability to to coast and make this interesting radio so thank you jeff for forcing <laughs> me to, <laughs> to keep, keep up on this you do such a good job on your end that i i get to pontificate and learn new things and i i learned new things and come up with ideas as i'm speaking them out loud sometimes so it's really been helpful for me and my clients well thank you brian for being on the other side of this i always think of this as you know you're the expert i'm sort of the layperson over here i've learned so much from you about this i had a chuckle when you were talking about nerding out there getting excited about these things these days when i have conversations with people and you know we can talk about the baseball game or what's going to happen with football and all that but when i really get excited is when they talk about retirement and then i get practically giddy when i talk about lifetime cash flow with increasing cash flow in retirement, that sort of thing, those sort of strategies. So thank you for educating me about that. But I sort of take the position as the listener out there who's interested in this sort of thing may have some basic questions to ask you. And, you know, because they can't ask you on the radio, I ask them for the listeners. So I really appreciate your help being there. And obviously, you know, without you, there wouldn't be much of a show here because I'm not licensed to talk about a lot of this stuff. But hey, give me a little bit of time. You've encouraged (laughs) me. (laughs) You told me at Thanksgiving last year, I'm going to put you in the, what was a rear naked choke or something if you don't have your (laughs) insurance. Yeah. license by this time For next those year. of you that don't know, that's a taekwondo term. Okay. So. <laughs> Something you don't want to be in. We'll put it no. Way. So, yeah, I've got it on my calendar to go ahead and take that test. And, of course, I, I wouldn't have taken that test and had this knowledge without you. So I thank you for that. Once again, if you would like to have the benefit of Brian's knowledge and his experience in your financial plan, you can do that by calling 844-MADRONA. No cost, no obligation to get that plan. You can also request it online at madronafinancial.com. Again, no cost, no obligation. Keep in mind that also Bauer Evans CPAs is part of the package here too, so you do get the bundle of services. 844-MADRONA, as you know, that is the number to call. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans. Interest rates are at historical lows, and that has put a big dent into a lot of people's retirement plans. They were planning on clipping their coupons with laddered bond portfolios and so forth. But as we look at interest rates right now, certainly at 0.6.7 for a 10-year treasury or 0.3 for a five-year or not even one and a half percent on a 30 year, it's going to be very difficult for people to have a decent retirement clipping coupons on bonds. But it does offer some interesting other opportunities. One, of course, is if you're investing in real estate or if you own real estate and you're refinancing. Certainly, it might be a good time to think about refinancing, uh, especially your consumer debt, the higher interest rate stuff into your house and get a very, very low interest rate and maybe move it from a 30 year loan to a 15 year loan to pay it off quicker. You even get a better interest rate with that than you would with a 
12:30. So lots of things you can do there. You can also do something in real estate and passive real estate called leveraged arbitrage. So what is that? Let's say the arbitrage part is let's say that you had a lease and it was a Walmart and they were going to guarantee the lease payments. You feel pretty good about that long-term lease and they're going to give you 6%. And let's say the bank says, well, we'll lend you the money to buy that Walmart at 3%. And so you say, well, gosh, I'm making a 3% difference there. I'd like that. Well, what if you could sign your name and multiply that by five by putting a small down payment? Then you leverage that difference. And so your rate of return goes way up. So that's the term leverage arbitrage that is available in passive real estate investing today. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, Madrona Financial, investments, retirement, taxes, and legacy. MadronaFinancial.com. Get your free copy of Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be pulling together some of the concepts that we can employ given we think income tax and estate tax rates are going to go up in the future. And Brian, I mean, do we think they're really going to go up in the future? I know you used to do these seminars in person and you used to ask people, do you think that taxes are going to go up in the future? Every hand was raised and especially with a stimulus. I mean, with the trillions of dollars that has been pumped into this. I mean, there's no way that taxes can't go up. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point I've forgotten about. Yeah, I mean, these seminars I gave a year or two ago, that used to be one of my favorite questions. Does uh, anybody in this room think taxes are going to be lower 10 years from today? I get crickets. I, I In my history, I had one hand go up. And yeah, an older gentleman thought they were going to go down. Okay, great. You're the first one. And I was the only one. And that was before COVID, that was before all the borrowing, that was before the squad, the socialists, Medicare for all, that was before all of that stuff. And so now I'm, I think even he would be a convert and he would not <laughs> raise his hand. So I, I think it's pretty much cast in stone. Rates are going to go up. They have to, given our current system, where that's the only way they can get money currently and quickly is to just jack up the marginal rates for income tax and estate tax. And so that's probably going to happen. The question is more when, not if. So if Trump gets reelected, it will take another four years at least. And then maybe Nikki Haley gets elected after that. Maybe she's there eight years. So it could be 12 years from now. Who knows? But it will probably happen at some point. If he doesn't get elected and the Senate flips parties, then we're in big trouble with rates. They're going to skyrocket, I'm quite sure. So knowing this, I just kind of wanted to reiterate some of the, you know, I'll repeat myself, you know, from prior shows as to some of the basic concepts of what we can do. Uh, One of them would be a partial or full Roth conversion. Now, in the old days, we used to think that our income tax bracket would be lower in retirement. But what I'm finding is a lot of my semi and affluent clients are finding their incomes actually higher in retirement. They've done so well saving and investing that they actually have high taxable incomes in retirement, maybe through pensions, annuities, rental income, etc. They added up like, I'm making more in retirement than I did most of my years working. And so they're looking at a situation where if the income tax rates go up, they're like, wow, I was putting money into an IRA to have it grow 
so I could take it out later at my lower tax brackets, but it's actually in a higher bracket. That didn't work out the way I planned. And so that's why you might consider a Roth conversion, where you can pay the tax at whatever rate you're at now in exchange for never paying tax on any of the gains for the rest of your life at whatever the tax rates are going to be in the future. The easiest example of this is somebody retired last year, their income's really low this year, they haven't started their annuities, they don't have a pension, they haven't started Social Security, they have no taxable income. Well, why don't we shove $100,000 into that married couple's taxable income this year and it'll be at 0 and 12% max. I think that's a pretty good rate uh, given what it could be in the future. So there are you know, some easy, easy examples of that. But it's just an analysis and we take that analysis and we compare it to your expectations. So that's one of the concepts to prepare prepare for an increase in future income tax rates. Brian, Joe Biden has said that he would eliminate the step up in basis. And for those people who weren't listening the last couple of weeks when we talked about that, explain briefly what the step up in basis is. And if that happens, are there any ways that we can combat that? Hey, your 90-year-old mother owns a a million-dollar house in Kirkland. It's 1,100 square feet. And she wants to leave it to her daughter. So her daughter has a place to live and passes away and the estate tax, let's say it's 70%. And instead of being able to leave the house behind, uh, you gotta pay a $700,000 tax. And so the house is sold, maybe nets 900,000 at closing, pays the government 700,000 and your daughter gets 200,000. Good luck, go buy a house. That's the elimination of the step up in basis. That's what it really means. So it's my hope that even if Biden got in, even if the Congress went a different way, that we would see the real estate lobby, which is huge, step in there and go, wait a second. You're going to make sure that nobody can pass their house down to their kids and the house has been in the family for years. You're going to take that away and you're going to confiscate that house for the federal government purposes. The confiscation is at $700,000. The federal government did not earn that. It wasn't a gain in true underlying value. It's just the house for the house. I mean, we're just trying to pass the same house down generationally. You ought to be able to do that, in my opinion. And so by taking that away, it would be terrible. And I would hope those stories would come out about how unfair that really truly is to generational transfer. I mean, we're on this planet. We want to, we, All of my clients want to leave money to their kids, want to leave their kids with a better life than they have, and to purposely make that not happen to say, nope, your kid can live on the street because 200000 can't afford anything. Your 60-year-old daughter who's had a tough life, I just want to leave my little house to her, can't do that. It's all got to go to the government. Now, don't get me started here, Jeff. I'm hoping that common sense will prevail and that won't go through. Let's talk about using life insurance a little bit as a tax-efficient strategy. Well, that's my favorite one because that one not only avoids the income tax when you take money out of your policy as a loan against your future death proceeds, but it also can avoid the estate tax if you have a taxable estate. So most people don't worry too much about the estate tax, except for the Washington one, of course. And if they are worried about the estate tax, whether it's Washington or federal, then we can put life insurance, if you want it to be a legacy asset for your kids, it's not that complicated. We put it into a trust and we fund it through the trust. So we buy the insurance through annual gifts to the trust, and then the trust owns it. So when you pass away, the value of that life insurance is not added to the value of your assets for computing the Washington estate tax or the federal estate tax. It avoids it completely. The proceeds from the life insurance are income tax-free, and then they can be distributed to next generation, income and estate tax-free. So that is my favorite one of all of them, and that's the only one that I have not heard is on the cutting block of the far left in their tax proposals. So 
hopefully that one will be around for the duration. I think that would be unpopular to tax people on their life insurance. Yeah, right now, life insurance proceeds are certainly not taxable. We hope that that continues to be that way. So, Brian, we've talked about the step-up in basis, Roth IRAs, uh, life insurance. These are tax-efficient strategies. Let's talk a little bit about Delaware Statutory Trusts. I mean, that's an interesting concept, too, for those people who do have investment real estate and want to avoid the taxes when they sell. Yeah, and that that one's kind of front and center right now because, again, if they do away with the step-up in basis, then DSTs might go away, too, and that would be terrible thing. We would not see people selling real estate, people be hanging on to stuff they don't want to hang on to. It's just such a conundrum that that could be caused. And as I mentioned, I mean, you want to leave a house to your kid. You can't. And so I I think that, I again, I hope that that one sticks around. The the step up in basis has been in the the law for 99 years. I don't know why we need to do away with legacy transfer now and make it compensate. You know, that's essentially the big first step towards socialism. You You pass away, we're going to confiscate your assets. And socialism just takes it a step further. We're going to confiscate them while you're living. And so that's the difference. Communism is a step further. You'll never have anything to confiscate because you were never able to amass anything at all anyway. Socialism just comes in later and says, now that you have something, we're going to take it during your lifetime. But this would be taking it upon your death. So again, I hope that that does not go away. But I, for the life of me, cannot imagine, if you're listening and you own rental real estate in Seattle, residential or otherwise, what are you doing? (laughs) Do you really think, all I'm going to ask is, 10 years from today, are you going to look back and go, you know, I sure am glad I didn't listen to that Brian guy. Because I might have been thinking about selling my my real estate in Seattle and in reinvesting it in a diversified real estate portfolio elsewhere with higher cash flow in different parts of the country. I sure am glad I didn't do that because this Seattle is the best place there is in America to own real estate, whether it be rental real estate of residential or whether you know, being a landlord or whether it's owning a, a storefront or, or some other kind of building in Seattle. I can't think of a better thing 10 years from now than that. Now, if you think that, then turn off the radio. <laughs> Don't listen to me anymore because <laughs> I disagree. Or you can keep listening. That's fine. But think about it. Is that what you want to own 10 years from today, given what you know today and what you think the direction of things that things are going? Do you think there might be other parts of the country, maybe Florida or Texas or other parts of the country, it might be better suited for your future real estate holdings, especially if you can potentially get the income tax breaks of a 1031 exchange through a a DST, so not paying income tax when you sell your highly appreciated investment real estate, and then reinvest it in multiple properties across the country and different property types. I think you need to think about that. Don't just put your head in the sand and go, oh, this will pass over. Maybe it will. Maybe in 10 years from now, Seattle's going to be the shining light of, of the world and, you know, our socialist tendencies are really the panacea for all that was wrong with our society. Kind of doubt it. Just saying, think about that. Put it to the test. And if you don't think you want to be there in 10 years, now is probably a pretty opportune time to be having this conversation with us. Yeah, the DST is a great strategy because you can continue to own real estate without having to actively manage that. And again, if you want more information about that, madrona1031.com is the website to explain more. Madrona1031.com. That's one of the only firms around that can talk about Delaware Statutory Trust. Well, unfortunately, Brian, you know, we just get started, then we run out of time. I want to thank everyone for listening to us today. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great Saturday. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth.
Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. We have access to another option to help our clients. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management. And best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. The news of the day sounds bleak. Schools are canceled. Travel plans have been canceled. Sports are canceled. But good news. Your retirement has not been canceled. At Madrona Financial Services, we are focused on the big picture and don't engage in fear-based decision-making. We know this too shall pass, and the future will hold tremendous opportunity. But you need to make sure your nest egg is safe from market volatility today, because you don't get a second chance at retirement. If you're unsure about the safety of your retirement income or your exposure to market volatility, you must take action today. Start by registering for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now by registering at madronafinancial.com. We'll explain what's happening in the financial world and discuss strategies you can put in place to help your portfolio weather this storm. Don't make decisions based on fear and misinformation. It's time to be confident in your financial team and retirement strategy. Register for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A-Financial.com.